0: G'day mate, Forty here. So in the early 1990s, when I became serious about converting to Judaism, I reconnected with a friend from my childhood. And he complained about the Jewish group strategy. So we talked about when a Gentile would sell a house, right, uh, Gentiles would come individually or as couples. but When Jews came to buy a house, they'd come as a group right? They'd bring their accountant, their lawyer. Right? They, they'd use the, the group strategy as opposed to the individual strategy. I think that example thats a good, good example for describing the difference between a group strategy and individual strategy. Now, obviously, plenty of Jews buy real estate or go into business just on their own. But I do notice as a convert to Judaism, there's much more ease at embracing a group strategy to life like there's more at ease with the idea that life is with the people and that you, you know, tap the expertise of your friends in the community and uh, you know, there's more willingness to go into business, go into ventures you know, go, in, go into vacations together uh, more more willingness and interest in, you know, not only working together, but going on holiday together, you know, having Shabbat dinner together. So in Anglo life, there's more, you know, separation. So you didn't, you may not socialize as much with people you work with. You may not go on holidays with them. You may not, you know, enlist them in your business. That You know, there's a sphere for business and a sphere for religion and a sphere for family and a sphere for friends, and in, in Jewish life, these things kind of you know, meld together more. So particularly in traditional Jewish life, uh, almost everyone that you voluntarily socialize with is going to be a fellow Orthodox Jew because you know, Jewish dietary laws are so uh, restrictive and other you know, Jewish laws just make it so much easier to hang out with you know, fellow members of the tribe. And so someone who came from the more individualist Protestant background converted to Judaism. You know, and notice how energizing, but also challenging and competitive, the more communal uh, group approach to life. So if you all have to pass an exam, such as becoming, I don't know, a nursing home administrator or any kind of exam, it's more of a group approach, like Havruta learning, Havruta. Traditionally, it means that you have a study partner in study of Torah, but you'll you know often combine resources to study for an exam, to overcome you know any obstacle in life. There's a greater investment in each other, and in in family, and in friends, and in the community. And with that comes a decrease in, in freedom, right? Because when people are investing in you, of course, they're going to have considerable expectations. So, from a non Jewish perspective, like the intensity of Jewish life and the, the mutual obligations that parents and children and members of the tribe you know, will have for each other, they seem you know, daunting, disconcerting, uh, distasteful. But if you can pull it off, right, it can be a tremendous source of. Of energy and can be a very you know, effective strategy. You know, obviously, some people are not well suited to a group strategy. You know, even plenty of Jews are very individualist, and Jews are heavily affected by the surrounding culture. So, if the surrounding culture is Anglo and heavily individualist, then Jews will be too. And there's a you know, there's a downside for a big group strategy. That you'll be less less eager to rock the boat, right? You're taking into consideration how everything you say and do will affect your bonds, your ties, your your community, your family. So, <laughs> Jewish friend of mine, heard, no, many Jewish friends of mine, are like absolutely fascinated by the various uh, detours down dark alleys that I've made in my quote-unquote, blogging career. And i will say, you know, I'm fascinated by what you do, but I don't respect it. (laughs) Like, I'm interested in what you do, but I don't respect it. These are people with, you know, wives, children, or at least they would never want to bring that level of shame on their community, on their friends, on their family, on their group. And coming from my Anglo background, all right, I had this very individualist approach to life kind of wired into me by both probably my genetics and my socialization, so I agree with John Mearsham compared to the power of genetics and early imprinting and socialization, like reason is a very weak instrument compared to the power of uh, those two things but uh, it's one of the most challenging parts of uh, converting to Judaism for someone from particularly a Protestant or an individualist background is you essentially have to pass the group test, right? You have to get along with the group that's probably the the primary part of your conversion. You have to you have to live communally where pretty much everybody knows your business and for many, you know, that's absolutely daunting, distasteful, horrifying Uh, it's a challenge right? The other you know, big challenge about moving into Jewish life from Protestant life is the extent to which it's ritualized. Like there's a ritual for almost everything. And so there are prescribed disciplines, ways of doing things. And it's not just a matter of the heart. So in a way, it's a difference between a, a trad perspective where there are sacred times, sacred places, you know, sacred rituals, sacred things that you say, sacred uh, leaders, that uh, not everyone's the same, not everyone's equally an expert or equally worthy of uh, respect in different areas, versus, and that we're porous, right? That's the traditional Jewish perspective. That's the traditional perspective that whatever's going on in the community, in your family, in your ascended family, among your friends, has a profound effect on you. Right? That's the traditional perspective. We are porous. That, so, you know, what's going on with Elliot Blatt affects me? Even when I fall out with someone like Dennis Dale what's going on with Dennis Dale affects me that's the trad perspective, we affect each other that together we create certain ambiance or if you want to look at it in spiritual terms you know, a certain spiritual level, a madriga a level or a holiness level or a level close to God or in secular terms a level close to reality or removed from reality or distorting of reality and so if my my friend Elliot Black goes off the deep end I, that affects me, or if I go off on the deep end, that, that affects him. And so that causes people to be more invested in each other's lives and therefore more intrusive on each other's lives. So I notice a lot of Orthodox Jews are really happy to have non-Jewish neighbors because they just feel a little more breathing space, a little more room to operate without feeling like the community is like snooping and, and right on top of them. If you can navigate community, then there is just an energy there that is not available anywhere else, right? From my experience, the greatest source of energy is getting on the same page with other people, creating a shared reality with other people, having some kind of synchronicity or rhythm with other people so that you're bouncing off each other, you know, creating a shared bond out of which comes a shared ethic, And all other sources of energy are fleeting and weak compared to that. Compared to that level of energy, of living in community, and daffinil and coffee and uh, green tea and uh, exercise and eating your veggies, they don't compete, right? They, They come nowhere close to the energy that's available from bonding and connecting with another person or just having a good friend. Okay, forty. would you referee a mud fight between Liddell and <laughs> I What I thought was the most hilarious part of all that was uh, Liddell calling Elliot a wild animal. Isn't part of the challenge that everyone knows you're a convert and you know you're a convert. A bit of a compound. Uh, from what I'm told by you know, people in the orthodox Jewish community is that uh, they don't usually think of me as a convert, right? I have... I've been in the tribe for about uh, thirty years, and uh, now I take on my my responsibilities. And uh, practically, on a day-to-day basis, me being a convert, to the best of my perceptions just doesn't count for much, right? It really doesn't affect people. Uh, so. I find that overwhelmingly in Jewish life and non-Jewish life, people overwhelmingly treat me according to my merits. So I have often found it a tremendous challenge living in community, because just under the surface, I'm a grandiose, attention-seeking, narcissistic, look at me, look how special I am, and that is not conducive to bonds, to ties, to family, right? Good morning. Good morning. Good Good to see you. Me too. Thank you. And and so I found living in community a real challenge, but I don't want to do without it. (laughs) For all the challenges and failures and uh, ways I've flamed out from living in community and uh, getting myself exiled, I just can't imagine living without it because it just makes everything so much more sweet. Like, I had a fantastic time. I was a friend. So, I had a fantastic time in Sydney, but still it was overwhelmingly a solitary experience. I was overwhelmingly spending my days alone, not nearly as meaningful as when I'm doing activities together. So what makes my learning and my solitary activities, you know, study, listening to podcasts, what makes them meaningful is that I then get to share them with other people, my friends with you uh, with, with a community, extended family a tribe right? so I carry I feel like I carry my bonds my extended adopted family everywhere I go I think you're walking through a signal dead zone so maybe I'm in the dead zone or maybe you're in the dead zone or maybe we're in the dead zone together. But what's your, your life experience? Like, have you tasted life in community? And once you, you develop a taste for the energy that's available there, the valley of Sh- shadow signal death. Once you taste the energy and enthusiasm and passion and excitement and meaning and purpose that's embedded in living in community. It's really hard to live any other way right? like people who struggle for meaning in their life it's because they're isolated right? people who live with a lot of love in their life and not struggling reaching for meaning like right? wondering what it's all about right? if you're struggling over meaning it's a screaming wake-up call there's a lack of love in your life a lack of bonds a lack of ties a lack of family extended family friends community tribe connection Know, shared commitments, shared activities. Like once you have that, you get an ethic from that, right? You get a sense of right and wrong, because you also have people who will monitor you and judge you against this ethic. You develop areas where you can contribute, where your special gifts and talents will be used by those around you, and where other people will be glad to contribute to your life. So it will become the primary source of meaning of ethics of guidance, of energy, of how to most effectively and efficiently use your resources, Uh, the most effective way of becoming whoever you can be. Because if you need voice lessons, people know a good voice teacher. If you need a a car, people will know where you can get a car. If you need a doctor, if you need a good dentist, a good accountant, people in the community will help you out. And so I have so many blind spots, it's just an enormous aid to have a community around me where people can, like, point things out. I hope I can be open to listening to those suggestions. On the other hand, some people are just born to be individualists. They find life in community strangling. So for a minority of people, they're they're probably best off with an individualist strategy. We continued.